Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Love Food Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I am Julie Duffy Dillon and it is a very cold, wet, dreary day here in Greensboro, North Carolina where I am taping. So I have made a cup of hot tea, my favorite, peppermint, and I am taping actually at my office at Birdhouse Nutrition Therapy, and it's a very busy day here. So there's lots of doors opening and people in the hallway. So every once in a while during the show today, you're going to hear a little bit of chatter, but you know, it's just part of the thrill of taping a podcast at your office. So anyway, I'm really excited for you to hear the letter we have today. It's from a woman who is engaged and wanting to lose weight for her wedding. She's experimenting with crash dieting, yet she's not seeing that big old hunk of metal, the scale. She's not seeing it move at all, and she's freaking out. 
So as a way to motivate herself, she has come up with this brilliant idea to get her fiance to sign a marriage contract that he can divorce her if she gets over a certain weight. Yes, this is something that happens and it is something that this woman is writing to food about today. So before we dive in, I just want to let you know that I'm very thankful you're here and I look forward to hearing what you think about today's episode. Let's dive in. Dear Food, I'm getting married in just a few months and I love my fiance dearly. He is so incredible, caring, patient, and fun. Sometimes I wonder why he's marrying me. My body's just so ugly. Sometimes I wonder how my body scored such a great guy. I met Jason when I was in college, and since then, my weight has gradually gone up. I am 31, and I weigh about 30 pounds more than when we met. I want to lose weight so much before the wedding. It's really all I want. I want to look like I did when we fell in love. I'm particularly concerned with how my back and my arms look in my dress. I want to lose weight so badly. And I know this sounds really conceited and superficial, but I want to have the perfect wedding pictures. So here's the thing. The scale refuses to budge, and I've tried every diet under the sun. I've read about some in bridal magazines and online, like lose 10 pounds in 10 days or shed weight fast with two easy steps. You're right. I just can't seem to stay on any kind of plan longer than a few days. Why am I so weak? I feel like I have no willpower and no motivation. And I have this really cool idea of food. I think I can find a motivation through my fiance. I wonder if I write up a contract that he has the option to divorce me if I ever reach a certain weight that I will stay motivated to not only keep me at a desirable weight, but keep him happy with me at the desirable weight. I'm so tired of on-again, off-again dieting, not being able to go out to eat, and avoiding all the foods I love just to see no changes on the scale. Oh, that dreaded scale. Why don't you ever change? I wonder if the models in those bridal magazines have to go through weight loss diets too, or if the wedding gowns all just fit to their perfect bodies at all times every day. I feel so jealous when I look at them. And I feel so scared that one day Jason will leave me for someone like that. I'm at a loss for what to do. Food, should I have him do this contract? It feels a little bit crazy to me, but I am desperate. With the wedding just months away, where else do I go? Sincerely, Fat Frustrated Fiance. Hi there, fat, frustrated fiance. I hope I can help. And I really hope that I can help you to stop putting this contract together. I feel like it is something that is not really hitting the mark on what's going on. And I have to be frank, I do think it's a terrible idea, but I will say you're not the first person to think about this kind of contract. I've heard it a lot before. And I've always discouraged it, and I have many, many reasons, and I hope you can listen to them and then decide what you think is best. So there's this man that you love. His name's Jason, and he really wants to be with you. And you've been together at least eight, nine, ten years, a very long time, and your body's changed, and many other things probably have changed too. 
yet Jason is with you. He's chosen you and you've chosen him. He sounds really awesome, by the way. And I also think maybe he deserves more credit. So you don't describe him making you go on diets or pushing you to lose weight or him describing wanting a girlfriend or fiance or wife with a different type of body. So I'm going to go ahead and choose to believe that this is coming just from you. Again, Jason has chosen you and you've chosen him. He hasn't chosen you because of this earth suit you have. Maybe I'm a little idealistic and romantic and um, I sometimes have my head in the clouds, pie in the sky kind of way of looking at things. Yet I like to believe that when someone is marrying someone, that they are choosing them for their soul, for their values, the things that they have in common, or maybe the way he makes you laugh or you make him laugh. You know, there's all these other things that are making this a relationship. And the body is really just a shell to contain the qualities that he is marrying. So that is one of the main reasons why I would highly discourage you from putting this contract together. And included in that is I do think it is insulting to your future husband to say, let's make this contract to keep me motivated to keep my weight low because that's insinuating that that's why he's marrying you is because your body looks better than it could be at a higher weight or he loves you more at a lower weight, which again, because you haven't described him in a way that's demanding this type of weight change or looks, I'm choosing to believe that he doesn't have that kind of idea about body sizes. And if he did, well, I would tell you to reconsider these nuptials that are coming up. So there is something that I think is going on that is really something deeper. When I was reading your letter and taping it for this podcast, I found myself needing to pause a lot. And um, through the miracles of editing, it sounds a little bit better, but it was hard for me to read because I was feeling so much of the connection to you and the way that you're experiencing body hate at such a deep level. That's must be a really, really challenging, frustrating, draining experience for you. And I just want to let you know that I do feel like there are are other ways to live. And I do think the emphasis you're putting on your body size and your shape and the layers that your body has adipose tissue, I think there's too much meaning to it. I really love the women who run the program, The Body Positive. There's two women that have come together and I believe they live in California and they have this program that helps people to come together with their stories and experiences to promote a more positive body image and also to empower young people to help raise another generation that has less body image concerns. And they have a book, it's called Embody. I highly recommend you read it. And it's a book that I will put on our food peace syllabus. If you're new to the podcast, the food peace syllabus is a list that I have put together, kind of like from college when you had a syllabus for your class. Well, the Love Food Podcast course 
we have a syllabus that includes tons of materials that supplement what we discuss here. And so the Body Positive book, it's called Embody, is fabulous. And one of the authors, her name is Elizabeth Scott. And actually, I believe she's not the author, but she's one of the women behind Body Positive. But Elizabeth Scott, she spoke at a conference I went to a year ago, and she mentioned body image struggles that sound a lot like yours, um, fat, frustrated fiance. And she said a really simple yet tough question to ask ourselves when we find our brains dwelling on negative body image experiences. And what she said to do when you hear your brain ruminating on this is, if it's not about my body, what is it really about? If it's not about your body, I wonder what it's about for you, fiance, you know, and this is a transition that I think a lot of people look forward to in their life. Getting married, making this type of commitment is really exciting and it's new, different. It has a lot of expectations attached to it. And I get the sense from reading your letter that there's a great big fear that Jason won't love you forever. And maybe my guess right now from from reading your letter is that this focus on your weight and your body, quote unquote, flaws is keeping you from really sitting with that fear and letting yourself feel it and make some sense out of it. I may not be going in the right direction, but it's my guess just from what you're telling me. So I would highly encourage you to ask yourself that question. If it's not about your body, what is it really about? Because I do specialize in eating disorder work, I happen to have noticed some patterns when people experience either new eating disorder pathology or when they relapse. And there are certain key times in life that where this happens. I think for many people, they often think about an adolescent female going through puberty as a really big time or the only time that someone experiences an eating disorder. And that can't be further from the truth, but that is one of the more common times for people to experience an eating disorder. I've, I've found three other times where this can also happen. Another time is the transition to college. I see a lot of new clients and clients who are relapsing as they're making that transition to college. I also see it when a mother has given birth and noticing the change in the body and wanting to change the body weight back to what it was pre-pregnancy, along with coping with this new type of life, caring for another human. So that's another time where I see a lot of people experiencing an eating disorder for the first time or relapsing. And the other time is getting into that wedding dress. Who knew a garment could cause so much high risk? You know, an eating disorder is not something that is something that we can just try to have or that we choose to get. An eating disorder is very serious. And something that may be shocking is that eating disorders have the highest mortality rate out of all mental illness. So 
I take these transitional periods in life very seriously for that reason, because of the people that come and sit on my couch and we work on their eating to help them to rewire their brains to feel peace with food and to enjoy food again. And we know these four transitional times are high-risk times. So for you, I want to also let you know that too, because some of the, the behaviors and ways you're experiencing your body sound like a slippery slope to me. And if you do have a past with an eating disorder or have any family members that have experienced an eating disorder, I would encourage you to even look into this with a little bit more depth and consider her going to work with a therapist and dietitian who specializes in eating disorders because you want to make sure that as you start this new life with this amazing man, that you start it in a way that you're fully there and you're fully present. We know disordered eating and of course eating disorders as well. We know these behaviors keep us from being in our body, keep us from experiencing life in the present. They are the great distractors. Many people wonder why eating disorders even happen. And I hear a lot of times people say, oh, it's it's a loss of control. And, and maybe that's something that makes sense, but I often think of it more as eating disorder behaviors are a way to distract us from something that is just too tough for our brain to really dwell on and to think about and to meditate on. So I wonder for you, fat, frustrated fiance, what are these behaviors distracting you from? And they, they could be just because of this transition. You know, these are really um, common times for a man or a woman to experience existential type questions or fears that they've never had to deal with before. And that can be really scary. So again, just asking yourself whenever you have these, if it's not about my body, what is it really about? So I want to point you in the direction of something else besides the book and body. I also want to point you in the direction of this really cool blog post. Her name um, the woman who wrote it, her name is Lindy West. And Lindy has written about this really, really radical thing. And I, I say that with some sarcasm because it, I wish it wasn't so radical, but it really is in our time and our day is this radical idea of not dieting before the wedding. Lindy has this great blog post that describes her experience as a fat woman getting married. And she marries a man who's in a more conventional kind of body size. Um, I believe he has more of a smaller body. And she went through lots of times of body hate and negative body image and didn't think she would ever be in a long-term relationship. And then when she did fall in love, she mentioned to her future husband on a whim, I think it says in there that when she was drunk even, she mentioned to him, you know, if if we ever get engaged and you propose to me, please propose to me in public and not in private like all the other fat girls get proposed to. And so a few years later, he proposes at us like a surprise party for her in front of all of their family and friends. And she completely had forgotten about this request. And oh, it made me 
cry just reading it. It was so beautiful. And he loves her just like in a way it sounds like that Jason loves you. He loves her, all of her. And I feel like Jason has decided that he wants to spend the rest of his life with you as you are now. And what that tells me is that he has really worked through the transition of, I want to be with this woman unconditionally, no matter what. And it sounds like to me that you need to work through the transition of your own unconditional love with yourself, no matter what. The contract that you describe, again, I just beg to you, please, to reconsider it. Because I, I kind of, in a tongue-in-cheek way, I'm thinking, you know, nothing says I love you like I want there to be less of you. In this man you describe, so caring and patient and loving you so much, I don't think that's part of it. I think he loves you. And I don't think having more or less of you is is part of what he wants to get into. So I really, again, hope that you reconsider. So a contract like this will just induce more shame for you. And I don't really think it will change things like motivation and willpower. You know, the way that we relate to food is so much different than the way that word willpower even means. If you think about willpower as it relates to things like studying for a test or cleaning your house or doing any kind of behaviors, those are behaviors that are really kind of black and white. They're just, you do them and they're done. But food is different. We make over 200 food decisions a day. And so we may decide to eat something now or we may decide to eat one bite of it or 10 bites, or we may decide to eat one cookie or 10 cookies. And there's all these behaviors that are a part of these decisions. So it's not that just the willpower with like other non-food choices that are black and white. Food behavior is so much more complex and different. And so the word willpower, I know you mentioned it in your note a few times, and I just want to like pick it up and put it somewhere else. I don't feel like it belongs in the whole food conversation because willpower is not a part of the way we relate to food. Food behavior is has so many primal kind of connections that when we try to avoid it or we try to make rules around it, it makes our brain have different ways of thinking about it. So I go in a lot of detail about willpower, motivation, and body image on my blog. So I would highly encourage you to check that out. So in the show notes, I'm going to be sure to include connections to my blog, to Lindy West's fabulous blog post about this radical idea about not dieting before the wedding, and also to the book and body and the body positive organization. I think you'll find them all very helpful. So I think I'm going to stop now because I do notice that food has written you back, that frustrated fiance. Thank you so much for writing. And I look forward to hearing what food has to say. Dear fat, frustrated fiance, do not have your fiance sign such a contract. He loves you for you, not the shell that holds your soul. 
Instead of battling your body the next few months, what if instead you focused on the amazing love you two experience? And in order to stay connected to that love, it will be important to stay mindful and in the present. This means eating according to hunger and fullness rather than some rigid diet plan that will just make you cranky and sluggish. It's time to celebrate and eat your wedding cake too. Best wishes with this transition. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.